Dr. Wood, is that you? Hi, Chris. Hi, Wood. How are you? Great. Sir? You bet. Uh, not, not too bad. Dr. Douglas Wood is with us uh, You know, on, on the line here, and we're on the air here at News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. Greg has your tardy yeah. slip, so that's okay. But that's, Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Dr. Wood, listen, let's talk a little bit about last night. You know, kind of a surprise sure. move. I, I I thought, you know, it looked like the, the, the board was ready to reverse itself and go to remote learning, but then it didn't. Sure. It stayed the course. Uh, did that take you by surprise? You know, it's uh, nothing takes me by surprise uh, in today's environment. Oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's, <laughs> Past five it's, months, it's yeah, <laughs> we've all become yeah. a little numb to being surprised. I guess. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. you, you, you know, we we really have, and you know, at the end of the day, my responsibility as a superintendent is to make sure that the board is fully informed of uh, things that are occurring and things that could impact our start to school. Uh, our instructional program, how it's going to impact our our students and community. And, you know, when you go into situations such as this, uh, the information is changing on a daily basis. And so at any given time, you might need to uh, provide updates and information. And, you know, our, our latest bit of information certainly with the restrictions in regards to the one symptom exclusion and so forth has really made it uh, very difficult to sustain and uh, so you have to look at the plans that you currently have in place and what's the reality of those plans being implemented uh, for any duration and you you know you work with the community and you want to minimize disruption so there are a lot of factors going into that Uh, I've never been uh, a leader that um, certainly anticipates anything to be rubber stamped Uh, the important thing is to make sure that people that are making the decisions have the information in front of them uh, so that they can evaluate and make that determination. And so uh, at the end of the day, we want to make sure that our students and staff are safe. We want to make sure that we can provide as best instructional programming as we can, and we want to make sure that we mitigate any risk for the district. And so uh, those were really the three main variables going into that. Um, and, you know, in a very short period of time, like I said, it's a very fluid situation for all school districts. And so you try to uh, use the data that you have to make the best decision that you can. Dr. Doug Wood is with us, superintendent of Ball Chatham Schools here on News Talk 94.7 and 970 WMAY. Doug, let's talk a little bit about uh, the situation. One of the board members last night mentioned, uh, uh, you know, in the third piece that you were talking about, the, 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 the possible liability to the school district if something happens on that. How big of a concern is that for you guys? Well, it's always a concern. You, you as well as I know, we live in a litigious society, and so... Um, you know, it, it's it, it's a concern either way. Uh, my my greatest concern is that um, with the one symptom exclusion uh, being um, having such an impact, uh, there are several different symptoms, and it's not as though they say if you have four of the eight or whatever the case might be. It's if you have the one symptom. Uh, then it's a matter of having to uh, isolate that student, uh, potentially any student or staff member in contact with that student. And more importantly is the impact that it has on the family as well. So trying to to mitigate uh, those issues, I, I think, is extremely important. We're a large school district, and, you know, it's it's a little bit different. Each Each school has their own... 
dynamics of which they have to deal with. Um, if you have a school district where you have 300 students, uh, I think mitigating those risks are different than mitigating the risks for a district such as Balch Adam or even a Springfield. So I think we all have our unique nuances to addressing and dealing with this issue. What are some of the most striking um, pros and cons, I guess, uh, from either mm-hmm. side here, uh, have you heard, from, from those who wanted to, to stick with remote only or from those who, uh, you know, for instance, parents, uh, you know, the, the messages yeah. that were read from email. About four um, hours worth of right, them, yeah. Right. So what were some of the most sure. striking things you heard on either side of this? Well, I, I think that uh, there. Let's let's get this out of the way real quick. That uh, uh, there's not one single person, whether that be a board member, an administrator, a teacher, a parent, a student, for that matter, that uh, believes that the best option for us is to be back in school. That's irrefutable. Um, you know, we know that students learn best. Uh, it's a much better, more conducive environment for learning. And uh, but this this issue is as you have mentioned, has struck passion on both sides of the issue. And uh, so I think in regards to getting students back and and establishing some normalcy uh, is an absolute valid argument um, and one that you're not going to get an argument from me against. Um, But on the other side of the coin is um, the fact that we need to monitor the data and information we're being uh, provided uh, through the Illinois State Board of Education, through uh, the Illinois Department of Public Health, CDC, and any executive orders that may come down. And so we have to evaluate those things. And so one of the things that's important is, is you know, bringing students back, back safely. Uh, we've seen a recent spike in cases in the Sangamon County. I think the um, rolling average, seven-day average, is 6% and above. Uh, we've seen this continue, and I think parents see that as well. And so, for example, when we uh, began uh, in early July um, providing surveys to parents about whether they would be interested in a blended model or an all-virtual model, we had 40 parents respond that they wish to have virtual. Well, those are things that we can certainly accommodate. As the year progressed, we saw more parents select the virtual option. And even when it got up around 300, uh, we thought, well, we, we can manage that. We're trying to you know, shift staff and work with that. But now we're over 1,200, and that number is continuing to grow. And I think part of that is due to the concern that parents have with uh, COVID-19 and uh, the potential for it uh, coming into our schools. Um, that's just a fact. So there are two sides to this coin that we certainly are trying to to accommodate. And once again, we're a large school district, and so it makes it very challenging when you're trying to accommodate both of those situations. And so it causes us to have to uh, look at our staffing and how to reschedule and what that looks like. And it's a labyrinth of of uh, data that we have to work with. Um, and I'm not sure that people know or understand, for example, at our high school, uh, we have a little over 1,400 students and we offer over 300 different courses. So that makes it problematic as well. But uh, going back 
it's really the data and the guidance that we're providing and trying to set up our school community so that there isn't constant change. Uh, because we know how disruptive that is as well. Well, and, and, and to that question of constant change here, um, we talked with uh, the Riverton superintendent uh, last half hour and uh, pretty much indicated that, yeah, they're doing in person, but if there's one positive COVID case, they're going to go remote indefinitely. Is that the same case for uh, Chatham, Ball Chatham? You know, it is. I, 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 You know, it's one of those things to where you have to certainly evaluate each case uh, when you have something come up. Like I said, even the definition of what... Um, uh, the definitions have have changed. Uh, for example, in a classroom, if a student or um, two persons within that classroom test positive, it's considered an outbreak. And so now we're having again to work with the uh, local uh, county health officials uh, to make a determination as to what are the next steps. And so uh, again, it makes it problematic because again we. Um, Although we're adhering to all the guidelines and everything, uh, then you have to do tracing to find out uh, potentially who those students or those persons were in contact with. And ultimately, yes, I mean, when it comes down to it, I mean, I guess the answer to the question is, could one case uh, shut down? Yes, it could. And so that's that's the issue that I think we're having to, to grapple with and to really struggle with. And that's why I go back to, the symptoms, um, you know, two of the symptoms among the several symptoms are things that are very common, quite common, such as a runny nose or a headache. Um, and so when you have those, and that's going to have to be mitigated or addressed uh, in, in the nurse's office, uh, identified by perhaps a teacher, uh, it's it, it just... It makes it, it compounds the issue and makes it so much more difficult. So I guess to directly answer your question, could one case or one student do that? Yes, it could. It could potentially shut us down. All right, Dr. Wood, listen, I, I obviously a very fluid situation. We'll be keeping in touch here to find out exactly how things are going on. But good luck with uh, remote learning. Thank you so much. Appreciate the opportunity.